It's time to hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly at the multiplexes and at the art house. Warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or doghouse in that area. You'll also hear about new and old films on Blu-ray and on DVD. Plus, you'll hear all the latest Hollywood gossip. I don't care! Okay, maybe not the latter, but it is time for film sociology with WFYI's film guru. Kaiser Shizzy! No, that's Matthew Sosi. It's such a fine line between stupid and, and clever, yes. Let's see how thin the line is. Here's your host, Matthew Sosi. Hello there, film lovers, and welcome to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email us at msoci at WFYI.org, also on Facebook, also on Twitter at Matthew Soce. The show is available as a podcast. It's also available on iTunes. And we, on top of a uh, new time, we have a blog, which we'll update someday at... Filmsociology.tumblr.com Voice you heard is Kobe Slagle, yep. preparing his uh, his snacks for the big game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Do you have your menu planned out? Uh, I do not, because we will be in South Florida. What, you're not going to eat down in South Florida? I don't know. I don't know if my parents have plans. I don't know what the... Oh, you're, are you going to one of the film sociology branch offices? Yes, I have to check in with film sociology south. <laughs> Fort Myers. Yes. Huge. <laughs> the show, huge in Fort Myers. So, well, that's good. That's good. And uh, I guess, I think by the end of the month, I will put my Academy Award predictions for entertainment purposes only. Don't gamble on these. I'm not going to put Emma's college money up for this. But anyway, you can see that on the blog. And we have company. We have company returning for the second week in a row because it was so successful last week. We have a sequel because that's usually how it works. And we're in sequel season being from all the trailers I've seen the last couple of weeks. But Emily Taylor from Nuvo is here with her second cover story in two. Is it two? Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks in a row. Yep. What's your record record? Like in a row? Uh, three is what I'm pushing right now. Yeah. Is it going to happen next Wednesday? No, no. Uh, <laughs> this is thanks the whoever whoever is not. <laughs> this is the end. It's this, been fun. <laughs> it was a good time. But time she has a, she has a piece. Uh, the cover story in Nuva this week is healthcare in the closet. Now is this the healthcare providers or the healthcare concept? Uh, it's more interesting healthcare for LGBTQ individuals around the state in basically the lack of knowledge surrounding LGBTQ health. Uh, when it comes to providers. Right. Doctors, it's not good for doctors to go, uh, not, yeah. not at yeah, all. exactly. Not a good <laughs> thing. So anyway, but she's going to come hang out with us. And also from Civic Theater, Melissa Hook. Hi. And uh, is it tonight? Or I'm sorry. No, wait, 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 wait. This is our special brunch edition. So it was, I believe, last night that uh, Doubt opened. Yes. Date play of the season. Yes. And uh, it's running the next few weeks? Um, two weeks. Two weeks. Uh, so it'll be this weekend. And mm-hmm. next weekend. So get your and actually it ends on Valentine's Day. <laughs> it's 
very romantic play to come see for Valentine's Day. Um, yeah, kind of like the Father's Day matinee of the first year of Richmond Shakespeare Festival for Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Yes, exactly. And that. we've been we've been gunning. And by the way, this weekend is Richmond Shakespeare Festival auditions. Fingers crossed. But I I've been gunning for a Father's Day performance of of King Lear. I think that's Ooh. that would be fun. But I don't think that's going to happen. So, okay, yes, yeah, so this is our new our new time. If you're listening to this on Saturday morning, if you're not on Sunday or Monday, well, that's that's your problem. But uh, I guess I, I want to go around the table. This is our special brunch edition. Uh, Kobe, what did you bring for brunch? The film sociology brunch, the first of many. I brought donuts. <laughs> are they square? Mm, you know they are. And, ah, you know what? We have not done this. Uh, by the way, we'll get to film talk in a little bit. Um, we have not had this debate in a while. Ladies. Oh, yes. Ladies. Yes. Let's revisit this. <laughs> ladies, cream-filled donuts or custard-filled donuts? Mm. Or neither? Neither. Neither. I think that if I have something in my donut, I would like for it to be gelatinous. Mm. Thank you. I know that sounds so disgusting. <laughs> no. Not no, 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 no. I wait, would wait, wait, prefer wait. like raspberry jam. Uh huh. Oh. That's exactly what to I was any kind at. of cream. Oh. Not so fast. <laughs> I enjoy the. Uh, now, this is this is not to say that I do not enjoy cream filled donuts. I do, but uh, if I had the ch- but if there is a custard filled donut, I would take that one first. Mr. Slagle thinks I'm an idiot. That's kind of for like many reasons. Buttercream icing versus like whipped, whipped cream, cream icing. icing. I feel like. <laughs> Okay, What's do we wrong have a with either one of them? <laughs> it's so long, delicious. So long as it's in a jar while I'm watching a movie. No. <laughs> with the family it's out of the like, house. Quit spying on me. <laughs> Ow. Or as we call it around here, Thursday. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, Doubt is happening. And uh, again, yeah, fun date play. But it's a, it is a, it's a fantastic well, script. Well, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> I was joking about the date. But um, but yeah, it's... How about Ash, is there an Ash Wednesday performance? Um, there's not... <laughs> There is no. Not it is Lent coming, you know. And we don't have any Wednesday performances of the show, oh. unfortunately. Um, but it is. Do you want me to tell you all about it, <laughs> or are we doing that? You know, later? I think. You know, <laughs> you know. Let me let me get to the actual film stuff, and then we'll get to the plays. That's and, and 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 a little later on, the reason why we have this gaggle of guests, which I always appreciate. Uh, but this this spawned from a question in last week's edition of the AV Club at the Onion, which we talked about briefly, mm-hmm. but uh, it was. The question for last week's AV Club, uh, Ask the AV Club, was what is the name of the film soundtrack you would want to see performed live? And I think this might be the best Ask the AV Club it's question. An, it's an amazing question. And so we, I've asked my guests to come up with 10 because oh, it's, an, it's an hour-long show. We can do that. <laughs> so anyway, come up with a list of what you would like to see performed live. So we'll get to that probably in the second half of the show. But uh, new in theaters today. Uh, I guess they're now calling it P and P and Z. Ah, uh, uh-huh. get what you're doing there. Pride and Prejudice yeah. and Zombies because of the because it's initials uh-huh. and it sounds cool. And then of course we add because it's this show we call we add a B to the end of it, which <laughs> we can't talk about. Um, little little background. Uh, Kobe's lovely wife, Fair Sweet Bianca, loves Downton Abbey. And this was, I believe, the first thing that the Slagles, as a couple, where Kobe finally said, do I really need to see this? And that was that the answer was no. <laughs> so uh, Kobe's wife is a big fan of the uh, the costume period peace mm-hmm. drama comedies that, uh, yeah. Drama. Uh, I would hardly call that a comedy. <laughs> 
But but I would say anything written by an Austin, a Bronte, Shakespeare, probably Ru- any anybody Russian probably is in that link. Um, <laughs> a lot of French. French is probably out. Um, any anything with a lord or a lady probably mm-hmm. yeah that's that's not happening. That's a shoe in. That's a shoe in. So <laughs> so that means Fair Sweet Bianca is seeing it with mom. Mm-hmm. So there is that. <laughs> uh, so and that, uh, anyway. Um, but opening Pride and Prejudice and I Zombies do, is I up. I have to say though, I hear there's a lot of like old English bosoms in it. So I mean, I uh, see. This is the attempt to drag the guy to the movie. I'm just I'm <laughs> well. Just there saying, is that. I don't see. I don't see. I don't see um, Fair Sweet Bianca trying to entice you with that. Mm, that hasn't no. worked. No, no. no. <laughs> it was worth a shot. Um, anyway, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is opening this weekend as well as, well, I, I didn't see that. But let's get to the stuff I did see. There is, we are, of course, in the period where it's Academy Awards season. And because we're Indianapolis, it takes a while for some of the Oscar-nominated films to get to town. And one that made my top ten this year, and really, I'm still thinking about the ending. It still is a kick to the chest in a great cinematic way. But the the drama 45 Years is in town, uh, starring uh, Charlotte Rampling, who got a Best Actress nomination. Tom Courtenay, who, if there were 10 nominees in the uh, in the acting category, first off, Idris Elba would get one and everybody could shut up about oh, the color yeah. blind. <laughs> but Tom Courtenay would also be involved with this. This is a couple who are about ready to celebrate their 45th anniversary. And a piece of information from the husband's past, even before he met his wife, comes into play and it really starts to affect the marriage. Here's Here's some audio. It's a shame not to have more photos around the house. I guess we didn't see the point of taking pictures of ourselves. It's a shame. Come on. What are you doing? Come on. I'm not prancing around in the living room at this time of night. (laughs) (laughs) And this really is a great venue for an anniversary. So full of history, you see. Like a good marriage. Is it? They found her. You, you know who I'm talking about, don't you? We never talked about it in all the years that we've known each other. And it's tainted everything. You didn't know her? No. It's funny. There are songs, and I, I think we'll get into this on the second half of the show. Um, there are certain songs that you immediately associate with a with a motion picture. 
um, you know, uh, Gimme Shelter, at least three films by Scorsese. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, The Platters, I always think of that song with the dance scene in American Graffiti. Uh, really nice scene with Ron Howard and Cindy Williams. But I think this film takes latches that away, and that's the song that's used at the end. Basically, the gist of it is um, it's not as dark and morose, you think, as far as the secret. The, the story is that before Tom Courtney met uh, Charlotte Rampling's character, uh, before they got, you know, long before they even got married, um, he was hiking with a with a woman, and the woman fell off of off a hill into a glacier, and the body was never found. Oh, oh wow! And really? so a week, <laughs> basically, the setup is a week before their big forty fifth anniversary party. They were supposed to do a fortieth, but he had health issues, and they had to reschedule it for five years later. But as they're planning this, they finally find the body, and it just mm-hmm. eats at the at the couple. Mm-hmm. And that's the sure. that's pretty much the story. And it's a slow, lingering burn leading up to a party. Well, I, without giving anything away, it's it, the, between the use of that song and the closing credits is a great song by the Moody Blues called Go Now. It was their first hit mm-hmm. um, long before Nights in White Satin. But it's it, it's so devastating watching this couple unravel in a slow way and rampling deserved the nomination i wish courtney had did but then who do you replace um and and yes this is an older couple you see and there are moments of joy and there are moments of frustration and there's moments of intimacy um not quite of the anomalisa category but at least dare i say non-traditional because they're (laughs) over the age of 28 um (laughs) But yeah, I it, this film really, really resonated with me, and and I really hope a lot of people go see this. And I'm really glad because of the nomination. I've had a crush on Charlotte Rampling for decades. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, I, I just inflicted Zardoz on Friends. That is, of course, the uh, look up Sean Connery and Zardoz, and you see him with his ponytail and his red diaper in this weird futuristic. Oh my gosh, film. I'm not kidding. <laughs> really, yeah. look it up. Oh my goodness! In fact, you'll hear some. You'll hear a bit of dialogue from that at the end of the film or end of the show. This was uh, the uh, Zardas was written, directed, and produced by John Borman. This was his follow up to Deliverance. Oh wow! This bizarre seventies okay. futuristic psychosexual drama. And Kobe, it's a film from the seventies. Therefore, different time. Different time. That's his way of saying the film's slow. Nice. But it also helps that it's really which you flipping cued, weird. You cued me up for that. So are you agreeing with me that it is slow? Are you acknowledging? Zardoz? Zardoz. Zardoz is just slow and bizarre. <laughs> no, not all films are that. I think because uh, it really resonated when you when after you watched uh, Friends of Eddie Coyle, mm-hmm. which is a, a Boston crime drama not directed by Ben Affleck, and it shows. It also helps <laughs> that it was The acclaimed director of the town? Hey, I I dig the town. Have you seen the... Oh, I, I love all of his It movies, was... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's I celebrate got, his entire catalog. You know what? Uh, Even the after school special where he got drunk as a teenager. I love I love the guy. And school ties. <laughs> and school ties. Um, have and you seen, forces of nature. Oh jeez. Have you seen the uh, the Seth Meyers trailer called uh Boston Accents? No. <laughs> you have two things to look up. Now see this is what you get this is not only is this your pledge dollars at work, I, I I'm giving you stuff to look at that'll just blow half your day at work. Awesome. Because it's sort of work related awesome. for both especially both of you. This is both kind of work related. Like I can pass. I can pass. Bianca couldn't pull this off at work. But you two could. So there's I heard about this on the film show. I'm gonna check this out. So anyway, long story long, go see forty five years, great film, made my top ten. 
I was gonna say, yeah. smoke gets in your eyes always makes me think of always <laughs> with Richard Dreyfuss. Oh and Holly yeah, it's, no, it's good. That's I mean, I mean that's kind of that's not cool. A, you know, remarkable movie. It was Audrey Hepburn's last film. It was her last film, and I it's loved you, that movie when you, I was younger. What's, so. what's always fun is I think the, there was one time on an episode of South Park where they mentioned Steven Spielberg, and he's referred to as the director of Always and 1941. <laughs> so there, there, there is that. Gotta love those guys. Yep. Okay, also opening in theaters today is something probably a little more up Kobe's uh, uh, address. The new Coen Brothers film, Hail Caesar. Yes. <laughs> With his guy, George. You are correct. <laughs> um, <laughs> is is uh, Fair Sweet interested in this one? Yes, because, and I will tell you. Oh, please do. And uh, by the way, with the new time, we're hoping to get Bianca back on the program because there were cer- there were certain guests of the past that really couldn't leave work early <laughs> because of there were certain guests. Certain there guests. was one guest. <laughs> no, there were. There's a couple. There's a couple. A couple of regular sus- usual suspects that. Yeah. You know. Anyway, but we'll we'll have Bianca back on the show fairly soon. But anyway, your, her thoughts on Hail Caesar? Well, uh, December of 2014, she and I were at Universal Studios Hollywood, and uh-huh. they were filming this, so we saw some of the set. I see. Very cool. Very cool. Nice. All right. So this is um, yeah. Great story. I know. I'll tell it later. <laughs> cool story, bro. <laughs> Here's a selfie with me and this wall. <laughs> At any point, did you find five dollars? I no, not that time. <laughs> wow. People ask me that a lot when I tell stories. I understand. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's set in a movie studio in the early '50s, and uh, we have Josh Brolin, who you know he's he's kind of like Winston Wolf. He solves problems. Mm. Gets answers, and uh, he gets answers, and uh, things things go awry when uh, oh, handsome when handsome actor George Clooney is abducted by a group that oh, no. they're called the Future, and it may or may not have something to do with communism because it's set in the fifties. Ladies and gentlemen, you should know by now when there is a kidnapping plot and it involves the Coen Brothers, it's not really about do they find the person or not. As we learned from films like Fargo and The Big Lebowski, so I, I and I always remember I remember seeing Fargo in the theaters and and such a great response to that. And the fir- I actually saw Lebowski in the theater opening weekend, and I remember there just being a kind of giant question mark over the audience as they were walking out because I think they were expecting another version of Fargo which mm-hmm. that's far far from that and I think that's going to be the case with this one mm-hmm. um, or just a reminder that yes the Coens can make goofy stuff they haven't made a goofy one really goofy in a while really because um, would you say the last one was maybe Burn After Reading or you know what look not. up the, look up IMDB I w- that's actually not bad that's did probably they, did they do Life of Crime no. no, they didn't. What do you? Well, it's a it's a kidnap kidnapping movie, and it's kind of it kind of plays out kind of like a oh life of oh that's the like Jennifer uh, Aniston yeah that's and... based on that's based on the novel by former film sociology guest Elmore Leonard. Oh, excellent! I have a way of nice. dropping names my, on my was own show. <laughs> Daniel Schechter. Yeah, that's because that's John Hawkes and Moe's Death as mm-hmm. Robert De Niro and Samuel Death. Jackson. I'll watch him in anything. Really? I w- I love him. I loved him in Sixteen Blocks with Bruce Willis. <laughs> wow! No, 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 no. Because Who, I, Mos Def? yeah, because yeah. I really like Mos, Mos Def. Def is great. He's awesome. And this is the second thing I've heard about Sixteen Blocks this week. Because in, yeah, in the AV Club, yeah. the random rules so is uh, David Morse. Ah, David mm. great. Morse. Yes, so great yes. that guy, David Morse, because he's um, uh, he's got that series right now with the weird long hair. 
Anyway, back to Hail Caesar. Uh, <laughs> so the thing, uh, it, this is, as far as the Coens, I, I think the Coens' worst film is a good film. And, I mean, this is a pretty good film. It's a trifle. It's it's nothing profound like uh, the last few the last few pictures, I think. Um, the, as I said before, I think the advertising is a little misleading. You have an all-star cast, but there's a lot of actors who only have, like, one scene. Mm-hmm. So Francis McDormand and Jonah Hill and Scarlett Johansson. Well, Scarlett has a couple, but um, don't don't think of this as a huge ensemble comedy. I mean, there's some really funny stuff in here. Clooney, of course, loves playing idiots. Loves to play dunderheads when working with the Coens. That's here. Um, it's another reminder. Ray Fiennes needs to do more comedies between this yes. and Grand Budapest Hotel. I totally agree with and you. there's a there's a, probably the funniest scene is uh, Rafe plays your jacket ascot wearing director from the uh, first half of the 20th century, and he's making this kind of <laughs> Noel Coward, you know, uh, period <laughs> drama. And of course, because it's the studio, you can put actors from your studio uh, system in any way they want. And of course, they bring in the cowboy who doesn't look good in the tux, who can't walk, he can't speak, in the Noel Coward. The, the, your, it would be the original uh, Lord and Lady stuff, mm, those okay. type of pictures. Um, anyway, was, there's some really funny stuff, but and there's a, there's a nice stab at the studio system. And it was funny, you were talking earlier, Melissa, before we went on the air. Mm-hmm. Could, would you share? Uh, sure, I was listening to a radio station. A different one. We know. Sorry. There, we, I, we, we were we were aware of the fact that there are other stations, right. but continue. Um, it's well, it was a Christian radio station, and so they had a call-in reviewer, and he was reviewing Hail Caesar, and it was an interesting review because he was talking about specific parts of the movie and how the movie within the movie. Um, George Clooney's character delivers a speech that kind of talks about the life of Christ. And um, they talk about how there's a rabbi and a Catholic priest, and and they don't walk into a bar, and they don't walk or screw into in a, a light bulb. <laughs> yeah, there, there's um, a there's a scene where Josh Brolin's character is talking to these different heads of the religious uh, right. sector in Los Angeles and making sure that because they're doing a biblical picture, that's that's yes. the big thing that Clooney's yes. character is in, and they want to make so sure it's, it's yeah, they want right. to they want to make sure everything is. Uh, Factual and spiritually mm-hmm. safe and okay yes. for everybody, and yeah. and of course you get various degree results yeah. and responses from those groups. So, so I, well, this this reviewer recommended this movie for Christian audiences. Cool. So I mean, I thought that was kind of cool, and also I was like, I really probably want to see this now because I can't think that a Coen Brothers film. You know, I'm thinking of a dead guy and a wood chipper. Yeah, but they also had one of the better bar mitzvah scene sequences in A Serious Man. Well, that's very true. I yes, but I and I'm not I'm not trying to stereotype them, but it was just interesting to me to hear that because a lot of times on you know Christian publications, Christian radio, they don't even explore secular movies. Or are they anything, are they so. are they flipping out over Tim Tebow lip syncing? Um, yeah, I don't know about that, but <laughs> probably. Never mind. Anyway, so. Uh, Cole, give us a recap of some of the, the last uh, last five Coen Brother pictures. Inside Lewin Davis, love that. Yeah, that's that made me hmm. feel not great when I watched it. Really? I loved it, but I was like, Ugh. it's like, the it Cohen just... it's the Cohen's version of the tortured artist it story. Was very heavy mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Okay, True Grit, love True Grit. That was a great yeah. Serious Man, love Serious Man. Burn After Reading. Yeah, that's probably the goofiest. No Country for Old Men. Not goofy at all. Romance and Cigarettes. 
No, they they John Turturro directed that one. Okay, but they. I'm just I'm looking at Bill Cohen's here. Oh, I see. Uh, Lady Killers. Yeah, that one's really oh, goofy. I didn't like that one. You didn't That's like Tom that Hanks, one? Right? We will have waffles forthwith. All right then. <laughs> Bad Santa. He wrote that. Intolerable cruelty. Yep, that's part of the idiot trilogy. Enjoy. Man who wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Down no, from the like mountain. That. Uh, it's the the concert film. Ooh, that could be something to be brought up on the second half of the show. Uh, yes. Tension, <laughs> cliffhanger. <laughs> oh, brother, where art thou? And Big Lebowski, Fargo. Okay, I think I think yeah. Burn, this mm-hmm. is probably the goofiest Coen Brothers film since Burn After Reading. There you go. So um, it's probably in in the canon, probably in the middle. Uh, but that's really okay because I I think the Coen Brothers have never made a bad film. I'm excited to see it. You should go check it I out. I mean, especially now since it's stamp of approval from the Christian reviewer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I love Jesus, capital but... T cap <laughs> and Moises and Maddie. Sorry, old baseball joke. All right. <laughs> Terrible. No, but I'm really excited to see it because I'll pretty much watch anything George Clooney does, too. So There you go. All right, uh, Kobe, uh-huh. what's happening at your alma mater? At IU Cinema, later today at 7 o'clock, Do I Sound Gay 2015 documentary. Um, yes, that's a, that's a documentary title, not a question. Uh-huh. Well, it is a question, but it's also a title. <laughs> Monday, February 8th, in the Monday Matinee Classic Series, mm-hmm. 1967, guess who's coming to dinner? Oh, very good. Mm. You have not watched that with Fair Sweet Bianca. I have not. I what? think we have it. I think you we should. have your copy of it. Yeah, you need to get on that. <laughs> <laughs> after the get, after the big game, get on. Oh, by the way, Super Bowl come and get me. What are you going to do about it? Jeez, <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, Spencer Tracy's great swan song. Continuing next week, um, they have a Tournay Film Festival series. Yes. Seven o'clock Monday, abuse of weakness. I'm not going to say these in French. Abuse of weakness. Pardon your French. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tuesday, if you don't, I will at 7 p.m. <laughs> also in that French series. <laughs> Thanks, Hank Hill. <laughs> Mr. Anderson. <laughs> Thursday, February 11th, IU Cinema, 3 p.m. Uh, in the Jorgensen Guest Filmmaker Lecture Series, Ooh. Jeremy Kagan. Yes. Followed up at 6.30 with The Chosen from 1980. I have That Chosen. That's Robbie Benson as a Hasidic (gasps) Jew. And uh, Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. uh, IU faculty member Robbie, Dr. Benson is there. Uh, Rod Steiger. Yeah, because... Director of episodes of Friends, Robbie Benson. And Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Yeah, so that's cool. I do like The Chosen. Following up The Chosen, 9.30 next... Thursday, the 11th, uh, The Journey of Natty Gan. I do remember too. Journey of Natty Gan. Gosh, I'm getting old. It's like my childhood revisited. I it's love it. my <laughs> not so childhood revisited. Yes. <laughs> and then Friday, February 12th, IU Cinema, 3 p.m. lecture, one on one with Robbie Benson. Nice. Mm. There you go. Very and then cool. at 7 o'clock from 1977, one on one. With Annette O'Toole. That was on cable. This was pre-HBO. This thing was on constantly. Hmm. That and Ode to Billy Joe and and then later Harry and Son where his father was Paul Newman. Uh, oh, I think I've seen that one. Yeah. So and and then and then his and then and then quote unquote his voice changed and he became the beast. So there's yes. that. And Sabrina's hmm. dad. So nice. All um, right. Speaking of French. We oui? do you know? Which celebrity is fluent in French that you wouldn't suspect? That I wouldn't suspect. Dakota Johnson. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe you she wanna, is. Emily, you want to oh. guess? Can I get a genre? Or oh, any yeah. Kind let's of have a, a genre here. A genre? Um, a genre of celebrity. Yes. Yeah. This person is hot right now. Dakota Johnson. And has been hot <laughs> for about five years. <laughs> well, we're just... <laughs> like, kind of can it, do no wrong with movie roles, you know. Oscar Isaac. Seemingly. No, but I love him. Channing Tatum. Hmm. No, but kind of in that vein a little bit. More. Kevin Nash. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not doing this. It's somebody from Magic Mike. It's a man. He's 40. Okay. He it's, is about 40. <laughs> it's Mike Gundy. It's Oklahoma State football coach Mike Gundy. <laughs> no, it's a movie star. Oh, gosh. Um, mm. McConaughey. No. Mm. Bradley Cooper. Really? Oh, because yeah. of Burnt. Well, that, he yeah. speaks French and burnt. He, he's, he speaks French and burnt, and it's very lovely. But I read an article. He's fluent. He's completely fluent in French. So he's which I was be huge. In, he's that's why he's huge in Europe. I, yeah, there I was go. very impressed. Really, we burnt uh, <laughs> out on DVD and Blu-ray last week. I think we talked about it's that a little very bit. Good. Mm-hmm. I rented it on in the red box. In the red box. In the red box. <laughs> I rented it. <laughs> and all th- all the th- uh, restaurant critics should look like Uma Thurman. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) She delivers the best line in that movie, and it is just spot on and perfect, and it was wonderful. And her timeline screen was just Um, perfect, I thought. Almost? No? (laughs) No, 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 it's not that. Joe, uh, play it again. It's also an art film. That's our Joe, that's our buddy Joe Shearer ah. letting us know that it's also an art. See, Kobe usually does that does that when it's not an art film. So, gotcha. if, for instance, if I was talking about, <laughs> for instance, if I was talking about, I don't know, something directed by Michael Bay, it's also an art film. No, it's not. It's, <laughs> that's what we do. See, we we kind of this is as we were talking earlier. We had our pre-show meeting off the air today, and and the, we're, I couldn't I couldn't get to that. You could no, it's fine. But but the, we're eventually you're going to hear noises that you would normally hear, I think, in a sports show. Yeah. But uh, but we'll have to wait for that when it gets closer. All right. You know what? Let's take a short break. All Let's right. talk about what's on DVD and Blu-ray, and then uh, we'll talk about doubt. We'll talk about the cover story, and we'll talk about soundtracks we would actually want to see performed live. Cliffhanger. Hmm. No, not cliffhanger. You're listening to Film Sociology, <laughs> a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org.
Are either one of these any good? Sir? What? Are either one of these any good? I don't watch movies. Well, have you heard anything about either one of them? I find it's best to stay out of other people's affairs. You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? So do you have any new movies in? Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? They never rent quality flicks. They always pick the most intellectually devoid movie on the racks. Ooh, Navy Seals! It's like in order to join, they have to have an IQ less than their shoe size. Just go, just go open the video store. Yeah, open the video store. Blockbuster video. Wow, what a difference. Well, in case you didn't see it, here it is again. Tyler Hansborough not voted to the Eastern Conference All-Star team. And and not doing any of the uh, not gonna do skills the challenges. Slam dunk, not gonna. Oh, that would be something though if he did the skills challenge. <laughs> what, what is there a white dunking competition? There's a dunking competition. There is, but he would not be a part of that. And no. and of course, uh, the sports station I listened to, uh, Boris and Bernstein out of Chicago, had mentioned. I think there should be. I think they wanted um, white basketball versus imported basketball players, mm-hmm. or the imported. white. <laughs> <laughs> or, or as they said, they they did a listing of the, they did a listing of the top white American basketball players playing in the league right now. For instance, their top the top player would be Kevin. You remember Kevin Love, mm-hmm. who apparently is ranked of all NBA players thirtieth. Wow, but he's number th- one Caucasian white Americans. <laughs> That's the other thing. So then, so then, yeah. So right. then, I think what JJ Redick is third, and he's like ranked 156. The point was, white American basketball would have a rough time against the 76ers. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it's too bad uh, Tyler will not be at the uh, at the All Star break. That's a shame. Anyway, I used to work at Blockbuster. Did you? I worked at a non-Blockbuster. I worked at, at where I would work. I, I worked where where Randall worked. <laughs> I want to go to a good video store so I can get a good movie. Mr. Video. Uh, mine was in Carroll Stream uh, in Illinois, outside of uh, what? Yeah, not, not good. I was I was the guy. I remember um, I was working when Waterworld came out on <laughs> on video. And my boss wondered why the rentals of the Road Warrior had had jumped, and I said because I kept telling people to watch that instead. <laughs> I was also because they'd ask me, "Is this any good?" I'm like, "No, it's terrible. Put it back. Rent this." I was also the guy that um, looking through the center of the video store, uh, which is now I should have I should have copywritten that a decade ago, two mm-hmm. decades ago. But that's where the old titles were. And my boss was always riding me about, you got to put the new title, you could just put a new movie up in there. I'm like, no. Part of my, part of besides not getting any money, barely getting money for this, was I'm going to watch movies I have not seen before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would do that. And then, of course, like a week into it, I found a tape that was mangled, and, and she was like, oh, keep it up. You're checking on inventory. So that's nice. what I did. Yeah. I also learned you, shan't, you really shouldn't watch Eraserhead in the daytime. No. Forever, I think. <laughs> that's <laughs> I think that's I'm what I did. Prone to agree. <laughs> okay, um, there's a number of titles out on DVD and Blu-ray. I guess I will ask. I will ask the panel. You are a panel now. Mm-hmm. Um, would you rent this? Okay. Um, okay. The, the probably the big title this week because it's up for a few Academy Awards. Bridge of Spies. Yes. 
it's very good. I mean, it's uh, Spielberg makes negotiations exciting and also helps that you have Tom Hanks there mm-hmm. because he and he and uh, Mr. Spielberg work well together. I have to rent it because I haven't seen it and I have to watch every nominated film. I think it's still in theaters so. as well. Just if you're into if sure. you know, so <laughs> you almost said it's the whole brevity that. thing. If you're, you're into, if you're into <laughs> seeing it in the theater yeah, as opposed man, to your living room. You know. Yeah. Okay. Um, you call me the dude. <laughs> and that's what you call me. Yeah. Um, this another one is a film that um, actually kind of got lost by the wayside and wound up watching it and really liked it more than I thought I would. Our brand is Crisis. Where Sandra Bullock is I the. I wanted to see that. Um, I can't I remember think I what will that was. Just in theater. I can't remember what it, it opened up against. Like a couple other things, yeah. and it's just kind of. And it's by David Gordon Green, who gave us Pineapple Express and Undertow, and uh, she's a spin doctor that can't, works on a campaign down in um, Bolivia. And of course, her rival Billy Bob Thornton is there. Uh, they have some fun scenes together. And and at first, it seemed like it was going to be just fish out of water because she's burnt out and lost several elections and it's kind of in isolation. But it it does really look at some of the political machine as far as what they do, what they do to other people's campaigns, what they do to their own campaigns, and what they do to their own campaigns and blame it on other campaigns. That that stuff is actually pretty pretty well done. That's nice. So. I believe her candidate in that movie, it's one of the candidates in that movie, I can't ever get past that he was a villain in 24. <laughs> I think ever. also in Desperado. I can't ever get past that. So every He's time I see guy. him in a movie, I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so know. we now have to find something where he is a good guy. Yes. We'll maybe, do that. Maybe this one. Whatever. Well, it's funny. I, I had that moment last night watching Hail Caesar. There's He's only got like one scene, but the gentleman next to Clooney in a shot during uh, on the the movie within the movie is great that guy Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown is best known as the sadistic guard in the Shawshank Redemption. Oh. See, oh, yeah, terrible. that so anytime I can see him, I mean and he's done a lot of stuff afterwards. Yeah, so, you know, does. you can go on IMDb and the dude's constantly working. But um he played the sheriff in the lifetime movie version of Trip to Bountiful. Oh, wow. The one with Cicely Tyson, mm, yeah. and I, I've directed yeah. the script. I've directed Bountiful twice and loved it. And the guy who, one of the guys who played the sheriff in one of my productions, was with me last night at the movie. So I, I was like, now you have something in common with Clancy Brown. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so all right. Anyway, that's out there. Um, Rock the Casbah is out on on DVD and Blu-ray. Do we still get excited about Bill Murray singing in 2016? No, no not really. No. Well, he does it here. So if you if you want to hear him sing, can't find my way home and smoke on the water. This is the film for you. But he played. Have to skip that one. Yeah, he plays. Is a pet band song. He plays a talent agent who winds up taking one of his uh, one of his artists to uh, Afghanistan to do a USO tour, and of course, shenanigans and hilarity is supposed to ensue. It's not really that funny. Um, Kate Hudson's in it. Zoe Deschanel, uh, Scott Kahn, Danny McBride, uh, Bruce Willis, still not caring. Thinking, Hmm. trying to. Well, we've done this before. When was the last time Bruce Willis cared about a film? Not this one. And it's directed by Barry Levinson, which is really kind of frustrating because this is the man that gave us the um, the Big Chill and Rain Man. And anyway, so that's out there. Um, Truth. This is the film that spotlight that Truth is the one with Kate Blanchett and uh, Robert Redford is Dan uh, Dan Rather. Yeah. And this mm-hmm. is based on this. And this is the film. Truth really wanted to be spotlight. And it's not. Um, I really want to see it. though. She's good. Um, but there is this kind of you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And it's about the uh, CBS uh, 60 Minutes and their their uh, article where they did a profile on 
trying to do a piece on George Bush's uh, George W. Bush's uh, military record or lack thereof, mm-hmm. and and things just went bad as mm. far as the coverage. Is and Redford believable as Dan Rather? He's fine as Rather. Well, you, we, well, I know it's an interpretation, and, and, but it's always hard when there's such an iconic person that you, you know, it's like somebody trying to impersonate Elvis. Like, right. It just right. can't be done, right. really. Kurt Russell wants a word with you. Um, <laughs> I'm excited about Michael Shannon. Yeah, I, I, but I know we're getting off this. That's we'll talk that's about never that happened on this show either. Right. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, no, he's fine. He, he's got a little bit of a southern draw, but it's it's more of the accent and not a mimic. Like and he's, he's got tall. dark hair, huh? I feel like he's too tall. He's sitting. What do you care? I know, but <laughs> I know that he's <laughs> and, and of course, there's a little bit of stunt casting because Bob, for those who are friends of his, um, was in all the President's Men. But you know, Blanchett is fine, but it's there. there there's a better journalism film out right now. Yes. And then finally, a film that it's it's a little heavy-handed script-wise, but two nice performances. Uh, the drama Free Held. With uh, um, Ellen Page and Julianne Moore as and it's uh, the yes. same sex couple. Mm-hmm. She's Moore is a detective, mm-hmm. uh, police detective in New Jersey who's dying, and she's trying to get her uh, benefits to her spouse, to her partner. Oh my gosh, that sounds really familiar. Yeah, and then of course uh, the state of New Jersey is terrible, and Mike, and then uh, you know, and Michael Shannon plays her partner, which he's he's really good in this as well. Mm-hmm. Nice supporting role, and Steve Carell as a as a rebel rouser to uh, to get the couple their benefits. But the you really see it for for Paige and and more. They work yeah. very well together. Wonderful. A uh, couple old titles on Blu-ray. Um, if you need Disney Snow White on Blu-ray, that is out there. Mm-hmm. And then a couple films from my childhood, not yours because I'm older. Um, Kobe, you can finally get I'm Gonna Get You Sucka on Blu ray. Right on. Because the oh, jokes yes. are much clearer. Yeah. And I was crisp. a child when that came out, but I so was I, was but for definitely different mentality. not old enough to go see that movie. <laughs> and then of the post Porky's. Died of OG. Yep. <laughs> How's it go to the bathroom with all that on? Um, and then from the post Porky's. I think it was before Porky's, but post Animal House. One of the underrated college comedies, Up the Creek. Mm-hmm. This is a whitewater rafting race among colleges, different colleges, and you have one team fronted by Tim Matheson, who I believe was 36 <laughs> when playing, still playing a college student. Oh um, Stephen First, for you fans of Animal House, is Flounder, and the guy who played Pee Wee and Porky's, all in one raft. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. So pretty under. That's a little underrated if you're into. Uh, the, as my wife likes to make it, made by boys for boys. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so there's that. All right. Before we get to our list, um, uh, Emily for Emily Taylor from Nubo is hanging out with us as well as Melissa Hook and Civic. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, is healthcare in the closet? Sure. Um, it actually began um, after speaking with a med student uh, who's over with uh, I School of Medicine here in town, and we were discussing a project that he's been working on called OutCare. And it's essentially just, it started as just a blog. Um, there's these things called outlists in almost every single state um, where you can just essentially just Google uh, LGBTQ friendly healthcare providers and go see, you know, what your options are, who might be in your network, things like that. Uh, but there's no such list for Indiana. And even if you go, you know, up to the counter at the Damien Center and ask for, you know, some recommendations, very, very, very rarely can you get a good answer. And you have to add four words regardless. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Mike. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. So we were talking about his initiative, OutCare, um, which is began as a blog listing these uh, friendly providers, uh, but then kind of spiraled into more than that and realized that there was a huge need for continuing education uh, for physicians and that 
the one of the big problems was boiled down to the curriculums uh, in med schools and being able to figure out, you know, being able to know what to say when you're with an LGBT patient, uh, know what to look for with certain things and to not make assumptions along with it as well. And also just simple things like having a place on the form in your office where you can where it's not gender specific things mm-hmm. like that um there's a reason why there's the word care in healthcare. yeah yeah just taking the time and being able to approach it in a holistic way um yeah so they started uh adding resources uh, onto the website and providing seminars and things like that where physicians can go and get a little bit more more education if uh, that's something that's lacking in their past all right. So, yeah, you can go to uh, Nuvo or Nuvo.net. Could put the paper in your hands. I'm still very old school about that. But It's yes, nice. I'm... It's nice. It's a beautiful design. Yes. Love our designers. So, so cool. And uh, now, Melissa, I'm not saying people should see Spotlight and then doubt <laughs> or the other way around. Right. But, mm-hmm. uh, but a solid, solid four-person drama. Very solid. Um, so Doubt, a parable, is on Civic's stage now through February 14th. I highly recommend that you see it. I had the good fortune of seeing it Thursday evening and um, riveting, and, and I'm not joking. I mean, it just you're you're captured the whole time. Our lead um, priest who who plays Fa- Father Flynn mm-hmm. is Trevor Fanning. Hey, um, Trevor. He's he he got fan mail that night. It was so cute. <laughs> this woman gave me a little letter to give him, and I was like, oh. Aww. But anyway. <laughs> Um, he's wonderful, but I mean, everyone is wonderful. So, um, Lucy Fields, Jen Agnew, and Dina Toller are round out the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, old experienced nun, young impressionable yes. nun, and mom of the, of a child who. Right. Now it th- takes place in the sixties. So yeah. the mother is African-American. Yep. Um, the student is the only African-American and first one to be at this school, the St. Nicholas school in the Bronx. So he already kind of has you know, something, some kind of card stacked against him, so to speak. And then there's an accusation by the elder nun um, that the priest has an inappropriate relationship with the boy. Um, and it's, it just goes back and forth. And, yep. you know, I kind of put myself in the place of the younger nun, um, which I've been told not to do that, but I, I do because she's kind of hearing both sides of the story. And you like of. Frosty the Snowman. And I do like <laughs> That part was really That's a great anyway, I've seen I've seen the film, I've seen a couple different yes. productions of the play. And what's great about both mm-hmm. is you walk out and you talk about this with people you do. and everybody well not there's there's different answers. Mm-hmm. There is there there's a lot of discussions and it, it really is wonderfully gray on yes. whether he did it or not. Well, and even one of the lines delivered is not everything is black and white and yep. the response to that is <laughs> sometimes it is you know like it's just like Mm -hmm. it's tension and it's you know um and you you end up questioning what you really think is happening but yeah it's it's a very it's a very poignant drama it's 90 minutes no intermission so it's a nice quickie (laughs) um so to speak the set is beautiful our set designer ryan koharchik is just hi ryan amazing i mean if you Mm. saw mary poppins or the games afoot you kind of know his work a bit um he's it's you think you're there very good (laughs) and it's running two weekends you said um it is it's through the 14th so civictheater.org or our box office is 843-3800 so very good please 
please watch it. It's so good. <laughs> and then, and then uh, fishes and loaves. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I know. All right. Last week's AV Club question in the Onion was name the the soundtrack that you would want to see performed live. Mm. Greece. This. Oh, I just watched that. Oh, that's fine. Hey, let's get more 30-year-olds playing high school students. Speaking of which, we do have a Grease sing-along February 18th through the 20th at Civic Theater as well. Sorry, I had to No, no, that's fine. That's fine. It's the movie, so come and dress up. Ah, and and by the way, I've been been snarky for a long time about Grease, and for good reason, but I know there was a write-up. I believe it was in Vanity Fair. I was wrong. Stocker Channing was only 33 when she played Rizzo, not 36. But My you apologies. still had a crush on her, though, right? <laughs> Be honest. You still had a crush on her, right? Uh, I was more of an ONJ fan. But, yes, Dr. Mm. Channing still. Well, and she's <laughs> aged wonderfully. So, yes, And a great has. first lady yes. on TV. Oh, so. wonderful. All right. Uh, Emily, I guess what, what's on your list? Because I asked, I asked the, uh, the panel to come up with 10, if they can, and it's not mandatory, but, uh, <laughs> but 10 soundtracks that you would like to see perform live. Okay. Um, number one. Actually, these aren't ranked. I'm That's sure, okay. I shouldn't start with number one, but uh, Requiem for a Dream. Love to see that. Wow. Oh, good one. It's beautiful music. It's it beautiful. is. Just don't uh, think about Jennifer Connelly at the end of that film. Exactly, That's harsh. Exactly. And, you know, don't look at your arm or be weirded out by That's anything true. like yeah, that. Do, you know, know what? Don't invite Ellen Burstyn to this one, <laughs> to this concert. Not good. Oh, uh, Train Spotting. Stealing that from you from last week. That right. was, I just would love to see Iggy Pop. <laughs> well, that. That's true. That's true. Um, Amelie and kind of tied with that um, Levy and Rose but I just love Edith Piaf and Marion Cotillard or mm-hmm. both yeah. yes that's pretty cool yeah. good love both those uh, yep. Rushmore okay yeah. put that but you there. have to wear OR scrubs when you do it yes <laughs> yes 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 um, yeah I was torn between Royal Tenenbaums or The Graduate too ah, totally different but right I mean Simon, uh, Paul Simon, wonderful. I mm-hmm. mean, it'd be fantastic. Can't invite um, Carrie Fisher, but go on. Yeah. Um, maybe not necessarily the best film, but I love the soundtrack to it. Doesn't 500 it... Days of Summer. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Just... you could be quirky with Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, we understand. No, it, what's it, going it's not on a question that, of but... the content. And yes, there's another thing of, you know, soundtracks that are far better than the film. That's, yeah. that's another time. Exactly. But... Exactly. I just love the gross amounts of the Smith, the, the Smiths yes. that play in that. Um, American <laughs> Beauty. Okay, yep. Put that on there. Um, Garden State, mostly just go to a Shins show, and that's essentially the Garden State soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then Pulp Fiction. There we go. The first Tarantino of the day. Yes. Yep. Okay, Melissa? Well, I had two similar to yours, um, Amelie and Garden State. Okay. I do um, love Amelie. And I was going to put a Tarantino film, but I didn't, so okay. I'm going to just keep oh. moving. Um, <clears throat> so some of these are more score than soundtrack, I feel It doesn't like. matter. Yeah. That's um, the beauty of this. So I got hung up on that a little bit, too. Um, speaking of the Coen brothers, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? That's a cool, that will be a cool um, show. Yeah. yeah. The Way We Were. Oh. With, with Marvin Hamlish. Yeah. Okay. Circle of Friends. Yeah, young, mini driver. Mi- yeah, mm-hmm. oh, mini driver. Elizabeth Town, <laughs> or really any Cameron Crowe film, he has really good music taste. In my Only if Kirsten Dunst introduces the axe, but I'm old. <laughs> in and her set. red hat, whatever. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Ooh, yes. Ah, Henry Mancini. Gosh, yeah. Atonement. Oh, okay. The typewriter ensemble. Okay, mm-hmm. with a fountain. Any Elvis movie, because that would mean that Elvis was alive and would be performing live. I would say that's the that's fan. the way it is. Or Viva Las Vegas, just so I can watch him duet with Anne Margaret. Well, that would be wonderful. And duet with Anne Margaret. Um, and my number one of all time, Glory. Really, it's my Howard Shore. Everything. That's your favorite. Movie? Howard. Favorite movie. 
favorite soundtrack. Glory is your favorite movie. It certainly is. Wow. Really? <laughs> that's a first. I don't no, and there's a, that's cool. That's no, I respect that. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that's a favorite movie. <laughs> and ever. Denzel's tear just dropped. Mm. Wow. I love Courtney B. Vance in it too. Mm. Yep. And Matthew Brock. Well, I mean, and I Carrie Elwes. That's that's yeah. a solid film. Now, guess guess what's up on the list now to watch again for the first time in years. I'm gonna, I'll have to check that out. Kobe. Um. Okay. <laughs> oh, you have yours I, memorized, but you're looking at your electronics. No, I was. <sighs> what was full is I. Oh, while you're looking through that, I I went to the uh, the comment section of the onion which is more entertaining than say youtube right. uh at least they've ev- <laughs> slightly more evolved but there was like 600 comments and yeah there's like i, th- I think i wrote down about 50 titles like, yeah that's cool that's cool that's cool anyway uh-huh. what do you got Cobe? um for me there's kind of like five and then everything else okay um <laughs> against so- the rest of the field yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who you got it's like the, it's like the uh the uh golden state warriors of your yeah, list pretty yeah. much okay um Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, oh that's yeah. a good Vince one. Garaldi. That's a very good one. I, I've always said he needs to be knighted. He's not English. I don't care. <laughs> Love Vince Garaldi. I'm going to take Oceans 11 and 12. I knew you. I knew that was coming. Jackie Brown. Uh huh. Mm, good one. And Hard Day's Night. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. I figured the Beatles. So it's good that we have the Beatles and Elvis represented. Beyond that, uh, in the same kind of vein of Hard Day's Night. Yeah. The kids are all right. Ooh, good one. maximum R and B. Not Tommy. No. <laughs> so we have, no. 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 We have Jack pass, Nicholson singing. No. no. I'll pass have on you Tommy seen, Have you say, seen Tommy? Yeah, you made me watch Tommy. Oh, good. You're welcome. <laughs> hey, you got Aunt Margaret rolling around in baked beans. All right. Um, I really like Django. Uh, ah, yeah. now Django Unchained, right? Yeah. Not the spaghetti western with Franco right. Nero. Django Unchained. Who, uh, by the way, Annual Morricone did the score. We'll get to him soon. Um, I think Inception would be cool. Four four with lots yeah. of cellos. That one's for Brian and Monica Hart's <laughs> Hans Zimmer representation. And um, Ratatouille. Oh, that's nice. It's a good one. And now the list is uh, very well rounded. He well, he's a well rounded individual. He has to <laughs> working in this show, on this show. And uh, what did Fair Sweet Bianca bring up? She well. She brought. You told me two titles. Yeah, Gone with the Wind. Big surprise there. <laughs> and uh, the Kira Knightley Pride and Prejudice, and that's all I got. That's pretty good, ladies. No, um, that is a good soundtrack. Gone with the Wind. Thoughts? Yes. Mm. No. Okay. Okay. No. I think. No. Well, no, I was. Okay. I was gonna let you. <laughs> that's why I was quiet. Um, Do you just frankly not give a damn? <laughs> <laughs> See what see what he did there. I mean, yeah. I think I think that it's every movie lover's obligation to watch it in its entirety. You should you should yeah. watch it. You and should appreciate it. For it's not something I'm going to go seek out and watch every single month. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> or or week. I didn't go see it at like the IMA, you know, summer film festival or somebody, summer film. Well, nights. somebody somebody saw the anniversary a couple years. Yeah. What was it last year mm-hmm. with her mom? Mm-hmm. So, hi Bianca. All right, here's my ten. The very first. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call two of these. Superfly and Trouble Man. Why don't you shut up, man? Because <laughs> we talked about this. Shut up. First off, 
the very first thing that first came off, to mind. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ennio Morricone, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. That's. Mm-hmm. I could have been hipsterish. Um, I would have picked him, but it's going to be uh, for a few dollars more. <laughs> it's an underrated soundtrack. Nobody a talks bit about under it. The radar. Nobody talks about it. Everybody talks about Once Upon a Time in the West and Fistful of Dollars. <laughs> the other one is the. I have to do a non-Western from Ennio Morricone, so I'm doing Once Upon a Time in America. Mm. So you can have Zomfir mm. and his pan flute. Nice. Uh, Superfly, jerk. <laughs> Shaft, jerk. Uh, Trouble yeah. Man, jerk. <laughs> Come on, Curtis Mayfield, Isaac Hayes, mm-hmm. Marvin Gaye. Yeah. yeah. Um, sure. Kobe and I, connect, yeah, we, ha- we have a copy. Jackie Brown. Come on, the Delphonics, Grassroots, Bloodstone. Good. Yeah, Minnie Ripperton. <laughs> Yeah, that means Maya Rudolph will be there. Bobby Womack, Brothers Johnson, mm-hmm. um, Bill Withers, Johnny Cash, Pam Greer, and Randy Crawford. Come on, that's great. Um, I allowed myself one concert film, and I picked The Last Waltz. Uh, I love oh. the band. My, you know, the greatest rock band from Canada with a drummer from Arkansas. <laughs> and you get Neil there are Young, so many Neil Young, from. Bob Dylan. Joni Mitchell, Van Mo- oh, I'm sorry, Sir Van Morrison, mm. Muddy Waters, mm. Ringo Starr, uh, Paul Butterfield, Neil Diamond in his leisure suit. I mean, that's a, that's a <laughs> great. And you know what? It's indoors. I people were. I know people were thinking of what Woodstock, but you're indoors on this one. I allowed myself one musical, 1776. Uh-huh. Because, for the most part, choice. the I love 1776, and it was, it was also rare that at that time, in, the film came out in 72, the play was 1969, they had pretty much the, origi- the entire original cast in the film. The exception was Betty Buckley was, on, was in the Broadway production, Blythe Danner's in the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hmm. So, um, and then got two more. Peter Gabriel. Doing the music of Passion from The Last Temptation of Christ. Mm, yes. That's, I love that. And finally, Duke Ellington's Anatomy of a Murder. Mm, so, great film with uh, Jimmy Stewart, Lee Remick, Ben Gazzara. And I love the films from the 40s, 30s, 40s, and 50s when the band gets an and credit. <laughs> you know, you'll see some frothy like '30s, something that would be made in Hail Caesar, and and then follow and Cab Calloway and his orchestra, yeah. and then the movie stops for like three minutes, so there can be a Cab Calloway number, uh-huh. and then and then the star of the movie says like two lines of Cab Calloway, so you can get a SAG card, and then you move on. Uh-huh. There, there, there are those stories, there's hundreds uh-huh. of those. Well, in Anatomy of a Murder, directed by Otto Preminger, and it's set in Northern Michigan, there is a North, Northern Michigan juke joint. That means all white folk, and um, and it's a crowd, and it's this big band playing, and the camera's going across this room, and then it finally lands at the piano with Duke Ellington and Jimmy Stewart playing side by side, mm. the original nice. Ed, Ebony and Ivory, and then he Jimmy Stewart says like two things to Duke Ellington, Duke Ellington says something else, and then the movie moves on. It's awesome. That's so wonderful. there. All right, so that's uh, that's our list. That's a fun list. I thought about a musical. I thought about I'm maybe singing us. in the rain for a musical because that's the stuff. But singing in the rain is the stuff. But I would want not necessarily the music. I would want to see a live performance of "Make Them Laugh" by Don O'Connor. That's a, oh, yeah. Gosh. That's the yeah. song. Everybody, yeah. Every, that's the stuff. Sorry, Gene. Yeah. Sorry, Debbie. But you know, <laughs> you, is, you, you, right. you don't go through a wall. He did. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Got a, just a couple minutes. There's uh, Kobe and I were talking before. There's a great piece in The Onion. There, I guess this is going to be a weekly series on action films from 1968 to today. Last week's was about Bullet because that they, they claim this is that is the film that launched the action genre. 
And, of course, Kobe snarkily asked. I'd prefer a French connection. <laughs> the, the, and, of course, I was asked to pick one, and I said, no, that's like picking your children. I'm not going to do a favorite. <laughs> however, however, the chase scene in the French connection and the chase scene in Bullet were done by the same stunt driver. Yes. Oh, Steve really? McQueen did a little bit of driving. He didn't do all the driving. And that's Bill Hickman who died in 1986, also did films like Patton, The Seven Ups. you got to look at The Seven Ups. Um, and a bunch of stunt work. Uh, Love Bug, the original Love Bug, mm-hmm. Point Blank, uh, a lot of TV. So anyway, look up Bill Hickman on IMDb when you're looking up the other stuff I told you to do. All right, ladies Homer and gentlemen, Kirby. we have words to live by. Silent Breed is people! Zardoz has spoken. Emily Taylor, Nuvo, and Melissa Hook at Civic. Thank you for hanging out. We should come back next week and do a new list. I love it. And more brunch. And more definitely more brunch. So go see a good movie. Go read a good paper and go see a great play and a great paper. You deserve it. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. I'll find out what trailers go on the Super Bowl Sunday, <laughs> most of which I probably won't care. We gone. Good afternoon, Fort Myers. Good afternoon, <laughs> California.